Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Ajeline. And I'm Grace. And this is a podcast where the two of us, we discuss a movie and we put it to both feminist and inclusive tests. And then we ask the most important question of them all. Do they know that it's Christmas time at all? Oh, no. (laughs) Not the racist Christmas song. Not the racist Christmas song. I hate that fucking song so goddamn it's so, much. It's, it's so it's ridiculous. So racist. Because it's first so of all, fucking it's, racist. it's about it's the famine in Ethiopia. Do you guys want to know what the fucking main religion is in Ethiopia? Christianity. Yeah. Yes, they fucking know what Christmas is, you racist jackasses. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It was the first Christmas song with a question in it that I like came up with. I don't know. I don't know. Why did gotta... I see mommy kissing Santa Claus? <laughs> that does, that's not a question. <laughs> that's true. That's just a um, statement that mom was kissing dad who was dressed up like Santa Claus. They were doing some weird shit, okay? Uh, it's kinky. Kinky play. Anyway. That's not what we're talking about today. So this is our Christmas movie. We, of course, will be right back on track. Um, this is a bonus. So mm-hmm, next mm-hmm. next Tuesday or whatever, we'll have our final um, our final uh, J- uh, December movie, uh, which I believe is going to be Harry Potter because we're recording this like a month in advance. But yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, this week we're going to be doing Happiest Season, which is the new movie from. Hulu, and it is about a lesbian couple who goes to her conservative family's house for Christmas, and it turns out that she is closeted and did not tell her girlfriend. So it's a romantic comedy. It's got a lot of good actors in it. Mm -hmm. And this is a fucking movie where Kristen Stewart shines, and if you start in the comments talking about how she doesn't know how to act, fuck you. This Go was one of yourself. her most adorable performances, and I love her. I love her, okay? She's mm-hmm. amazing. She doesn't love- deserve your scorn and hatred. Oh, no. You know what? The whole, oh, Kristen Stewart can't ask. That was fucking 10 years ago, okay? And Get she did her best joke. with a fucking character that didn't have all that much of a personality to begin with. So go fuck yourself, okay? She did her goddamn best. She's a fantastic actress. And she is the only American actress to win a Cesar. Did I say that right? It's the yeah. French one, okay? Caesar? Like the Keynes Film Festival Actress Award, essentially. Yeah, right? yeah. The yeah. only American actress to so ever win suck that. on that! Yeah, so suck it. She's fantastic. <laughs> I know, but it's so it's so nice just to hate on people, you know? But that's the um, thing. No, that's a, like, I, I have many things to say about this, and I will say it right now, okay? Say it! Okay, Say it out she loud. is an she is obviously an intro, introverted uh, person, right? She's also a queer person, and that uh, during this time she wasn't exactly out, right? And this was the same time that uh, Jennifer Lawrence was like real big and quirky and shit, right? Mm-hmm. We all loved Jennifer Lawrence, but that's because Jennifer Lawrence was an extrovert. Kristen Stewart is in the same sort of category, 
right? But because she's an extrovert, because she's not out there, because she kind of, you know, is a little bit more inward, y'all fucking bullied the shit out of her. And you should all be goddamn ashamed of yourselves, okay? She's fantastic and beautiful. We stand a by queen. Exactly. Fucking exactly. Y'all, I just appreciate the fact that they used queer actors in a film Mm -hmm. with queer people in it. You love to see it. You love to see it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, so this movie was directed by Clea Duvall. It was also written by Clea Duvall and Mary Holland. Clea Duvall, um, as far as what they've done, they also wrote, but I'm a cheerleader. Mm. I see it. Because we I did, uh, we've done, but I'm a cheerleader before. So, I no, see was it. she, did she write it or was she, or was she in it? Hold she on. was I'm in looking. it. She was in it. Oh. Yeah, she played the love interest in, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, you're right. Holy shit. And that's the thing. She, um, wasn't out at that time. Right. She wasn't out until later. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, Clea Duvall. Right. Um, it stars Kristen Stewart as Abby. Kristen Stewart, of course, has been on the pod before when we've talked about the Twilight movies. Did you um, also say that it was, ri- it was also written Mary Holland. By- okay, good. Sorry. Yeah, but Mary Holland is also an actor, so I was just going to include her in her um, acting okay. work. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool. Kristen Stewart, Twilight, um, uh, Adventureland, Camp X-Ray. Uh, we recently did Charlie's Angels. Well, actually, it was a year ago that we did Charlie's Angels. Holy shit. Uh, time flies. Um, <laughs> next, we have Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis plays Harper. Mackenzie Davis has been other in other films like Halt and Catch Fire. She was in Black Mirror, Blade Runner, and The Martian. She's also Canadian. (laughs) Mary Steenburgen plays Tipper. The mother, Mary Steenburgen, has been in Step Brothers, Powder, Last Vegas, Back to the Future Part 3. In case you guys were wondering, who is this person? If you've watched Back to the Future Part 3, she's the school teacher that Doc falls in love with. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. In Back to the Future 3. Yeah. Doc. Um, Victor Garber. We've talked about Victor Garber on this uh, on this before. He was in Legally Blonde as the scummy Professor Callahan, and he was also in Titanic as Thomas Andrews. That's um, true. He's also been in other things like Alias and Argo. Alison Brie is in this movie as well. She plays Sloane. Alison Brie, of course, has been in Glow and in Community. She's also been in films like The Post and Sleeping with Other People. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Holland, who also co-wrote the film, plays Jane, our beautiful little cinnamon roll. She's mm-hmm. been in things like Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. She was also in Between Two Ferns of the Movie and in a movie called The Package. She's recently been working on some stuff like Sisters, The Other Morgan, and Keeping Company, all of which are completed or in post-production. And um, let's be real, she was the breakout star of this entire movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and there's two more people I'm going to mention. Jo- uh, Dan Levy, um, who's best known for Shit's Creek and being Eugene Levy's son. 
The best then, show ever, okay? It's the goddamn best show ever. Also, then, queer representation. Yes. And then Aubrey Plaza, who has been in Ingrid Goes West. Uh, she was also in um, Parks, and Parks and Rec. Uh, I do believe she was in the remake of Child's Play. Yeah, she was in the remake of Child's Play. So We've also seen her in uh, an episode of the podcast before. She was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's true. Mm-hmm. True, very true. Now, Ashleen, yes. if you had to guess. Oh, 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 wait, we a- forgot two people. We forgot two did, people. Who did I'm we a t- forget? Jinx Monsoon and oh. Benda La Creme. Oh, that's true. But they're literally in the movie for like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, but they are very <laughs> famous drag cast. queens, okay? okay Jinx okay, Monsoon, okay. and they're both from Seattle, and they are both absolutely fantastic and very quirky. Okay. okay. Did you not hear all everybody go freak out when they came on that screen? We yes. were all very excited. Anyways. I don't follow movie. drag culture, okay? I'm sorry. <sighs> anyway. Uh so if you had to guess, what would you guess the tomato meter is on this? Eighty percent. Close. Eighty three percent and eighty four percent audience. So it's pretty much break even, which does not happen often. Um so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this movie. So okay. the movie starts with uh, opening credits where you basically see the two main characters, Abby and Harper, meeting. They have a meet cute. They fall in love. They move in together. And then after the credits, you know, you see them together, and mm-hmm. they're on a holiday Christmas walk. Yeah, they're, like, going to, they're in a neighborhood that's filled with, like, Christmas lights, because, and, and this is a thing, I don't know, I don't know if they have this down in the South, but they've got, like, neighborhoods that legit everybody has Christmas lights, and they went, mm-hmm. like, they just deck it out, and then everybody comes to, like, look at it, look at it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what they're supposed to be at, but, I mean, these Christmas decorations aren't that impressive. No. Um, and it's being led by uh, Michelle Bateau as Trudy. And Michelle was in the movie Always Be My Maybe as Veronica. So I just wanted to point that out. Well, that's the thing. She's very, like, she has a very small part in this movie. But, but she kills did it. you know that five people die annually from Christmas tree related incidents? <laughs> I mean, she kind of knocked it for her, like, minute of screen time. She did knock it out of the park. Like, you remember I, I learned. I learned a fact. Exactly. exactly. I learned a fact. <laughs> um, so, Harper is very tall and Abby is very short. <laughs> um, and it's cute watching them, you know, go hand in hand down. I appreciate that they're already an established couple. It's not like one of those rom-coms where it's a meet cute and all of this insanity ensues. They absolutely are in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what we're led to believe. Uh, so one of the things Harper does is gets Abby to go up on someone else's roof so they could look at a very disappointing view. But it's supposed to be cute and romantic. Well, somebody's in the house. And they nearly get shot. But they do manage to run away together. And they have a cute little... Can we talk about this for just a moment? So they're up on the roof. 
Um, Abby almost falls off the roof. She's like hanging on for dear life, right? And then like uh, she's she ends up falling on one of those inflatable like snowman things, and it then it pops, and like Harper is able to get down there pretty fast and they go like running off but this lady comes out after she had called them a pervert and she's um dressed up like mrs claus and she's got like a whip and then there's some dude that's wearing like a bdsm thing but he's also dressed up like a reindeer mm-hmm. yeah um, i mean it, it merry was, christmas uh, it was <laughs> merry christmas <laughs> she whips him and tells him get back in the house yeah. I mean, go for it. You, you, if it's your kink, go for it. Um, so they end up like running away to this back alley, and they start kissing, and and then Harper's like, "Come with me to my parents' house. I know you don't like Christmas and everything, but come, come with me. You know, let me show you off to my family. Like, I love you." And Abby's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go for you, honey. I will go." Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing, too. Like, Abby doesn't really like Christmas that much because... Her parents died around the holiday. Yeah, and she was only 19 at the time. And I don't know how old they are at this point, but they're, like, in their late 20s. Right? So Yeah, I would say 30-ish. Like, 29 to 32 is the age range. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, the next morning, uh, Harper is having some remorse about the fact that she has asked her girlfriend to come with her to her parents. Abby doesn't really get it. She's like, no, I think it's great, you know, like, and the reason she thinks it's a great idea, which we learn when she goes off to be with Dan Levy's character, whose name I think is John? Yes. Yes. It's John. Um, anyway, she, John is the, the gay best friend, which is funny because they're both gay. Um, He's he's just like the stereotypical like gay best friend. I mean, he's he's a little bit more flamboyant. I right. mean, in, like in film, he's the stereotype of a gay man. Like, yeah, the one you see most often. Which I mean, that's kind of let's be real. He's playing his character from Shit's Creek, essentially. Like it's true. Like I can hear him going, "That's disgusting." <laughs> yeah, like he—he's essentially playing David from Schitt's Creek, just slightly different. Um, and the, they're out for coffee, right? And Abby's like, "Yeah, I don't really understand why Harper's, you know, like this." And then um, John is like, "Yeah, that's cool." Um, and is like he's checking his phone. His- <laughs> yeah, I guess he's tracking to make sure that the guy that he's uh, slept with is not in his apartment anymore. So he's like, oh, good. Now he's left. And it's like, that's This is creepy. very important for later. Yeah, um, but so they still end creepy. Up, they end up walking together to a jewelry shop. And then Abby says, yeah, I'm going to ask Harper's dad for permission to marry her. And I mean, I know the movie is like... The worst kind of lib shit sometimes. Like, let's be real. But I also kind of agree with John in you shouldn't, like, don't ask permission from a woman's parents or from anyone's parents to marry that person. Yeah. That's very old. 
it's a dumb tradition, but like he he straight up says he's like, oh, oh you're asking permission to, to court own to own like a grown woman, right? <laughs> so, and, and I mean, yeah, Point. because asking permission to marry somebody is fucking dumb. It, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You do not have to ask permission from their parents. They are their own capable person. And at this point, they are in their late 20s, early 30s. Harper is the more only, than... Yeah. The only person you need to ask permission for them to marry you is them. Yes. Okay? And if they yes. say no, don't marry them. It's, it's, it's really that simple. But yeah. Abby wants to kind of be like a traditional, you know... Uh, a traditionalist in this sense. And and John's like, well, I mean, okay, I guess. So anyway, Harper and Abby, they head on their way uh, to Harper's parents' house. And then Abby is very excited, talking about, oh, man, I can't wait to meet your parents. It's going to be so great. I hope I really make a great impression with them. And then Harper pulls over and she goes, hey, do you remember last summer when I told you I had come out to my parents. And Abby goes, oh, they didn't take it well. And Harper goes, no, I didn't tell them. So it turns out that Harper is closeted to her parents still and had lied to Abby about how she had came out to her parents. Now, And, and here's the other thing, too. During this scene... It was very similar to another movie that we've done in this podcast. Oh my podcast. god, okay. It is definitely right. Get Out, but with a happier ending. I'm fucking sorry. Like, okay. I made that joke, and it's true, okay? The yeah. scenery sets were very similar. The time of year was very similar. The sort of family, <laughs> like, the weird white, like, waspy, white. like, you know, because they're conservative, but they pretend like they're not that can like... Well, Democrats, essentially. Like, they act like fucking Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is obvious that he's, like, a Republican, but they never say if he's a Republican. Um, But, yeah, like, I was like, is it just me? Like, we're watching this movie, and they're having this conversation on the side of the fucking road, and I'm like, is it just me, or does this feel like Get Out? Oh, it did. It's not the first time I think this, watching this movie. Um... Well, the other thing, too, is Harper kind of looks like the girl from Get Out. Like, she has those big, like, blue eyes. Big eyes, big bangs. Like, very prominent, you know, and then that haircut, too, is very similar and, like, the very uh, thin face, almost. Like, Mm -hmm. they looked very similar, so it What we're saying is white people look a lot alike. Oh, 100%. Um... So, yeah, like, at this point, Abby's like, well, what are we supposed to do, right? Because, like, you're you're telling me that you lied to me, like, you're closeted, what are we going to do? And Harper's like, oh, well, you know, like, we'll figure it out. We just, you know, I'll wait until the right moment and then tell everybody you're my girlfriend. And, okay, okay. here's, here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my okay. point, please, because this is the point I was going to make a second ago. Okay. It is absolutely perfectly valid to be a closeted person absolutely you have no like it you can do whatever you want to do if you are not ready or capable or it is dangerous for you to come out to someone do what is best for you okay but it is also perfectly valid 
for the person you are with to be upset that you lied about coming out to your parents. Listen, here's the thing. This is a moment that makes Harper very unlikable. Like, you do empathize with the situation, but she really has, you know... Sprung it on Abby. Yeah, sprung it because on Abby. Lied who, to her. Yeah. And because of that, she is essentially throwing Abby back into the closet that she does not want to go back into. <clears throat> Abby is perfectly happy with who she is. She is out and she is proud and she is just who she is. But because of this situation... That Harper has continuously lied about things. Like, it's played off like it's supposed to be this cute, like, you know, uh, comedy ensures. And don't get me wrong, this is a very funny movie. And there are things where, like, it's a, yeah. Yeah. I I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Harper sucks I'm just saying... Harper doesn't suck because she's closeted. She sucks because she lied to her girlfriend and was not open with her about that. Mm -hmm. And is now forcing Abby into a very awkward situation. So, anyway, they get to her parents' house. And we meet her mom. And we meet her, Harper's younger sister. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Jane. Um, Jane, my beautiful, sweet precious baby who I love more than anyone else in this movie except maybe Abby um, I love her and Riley, and Riley. Um, okay so we meet Harper's father who is <clears throat> a conservative um, running for mayor yes and then Tipper who is her mother who is very much a perfectionist um, yes. conservative woman you know um, trying to be by her husband, support him, right? And then she's there literally is... the Tammy Wynette "Stand by Your Man." Like that exactly. is her theme song. Um, <laughs> and then there is Jane, who is at first you're like, "Whoa, Jane is a lot." Like she is intense, like very much the person who hugs Abby, but but also very welcoming to Abby. Yeah, like, she's a little like... much, but. <laughs> She's like, Harper told us your parents died at Christmas. You're so brave. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jane, you can't just say you're an orphan. Like, like <laughs> it's like that scene from Mean Girls. You can't just ask people why they're white. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. like, that's the energy she gives. Like, naive, but ultimately a sweet little cinnamon roll. Yes. Um, so Abby... Like, gets to go and see Sloane's bedroom, and then they show Harper's room, and then Harper goes, oh, well, you know, Abby and I can just share this room, and Tipper's like, why the fuck would two grown-ass women who are straight share a room together? There's a spare bed downstairs in a room that has no fucking lock, so no privacy. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well... Because there, there is a story behind this, right? They put her in this, like, you know, spare bedroom or it was essentially Jane's room and there was no lock because they were, because af- Jane said that she was afraid that they would lock Forget her in. Her. And, like, the way that they treat Jane in this movie is 
Jane uh, just wants to be loved. She just yeah. wants to be loved and nobody loves her. I love Jane though. I love Jane. Uh, yeah. I hope I hope Jane feels it through the film because like every single one of us it was it was Ajlene and I um and our streamer friends Comrade Bubbles and Embody watching this movie mm-hmm. and all of us were like Jane is our baby. She must be protected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like Jane is just Jane, and, like, later on she says it, but she is just, she's always been true to herself, mm-hmm. and that's what it was important. But, like, in a way, her parents gave up on her. They even um, say it. They even say it later on in the movie. We just gave up on her because she yeah. was so different. And it's like, yeah. wow, you guys are shitty. Have you, you're rich. Have you ever heard of, heard of this thing called therapy? Yeah. High recommend. High um, recommend. <clears throat> Okay. But anyway, Abby is going to be staying in the downstairs uh, basement. So they all go out to dinner, and they're in this nice restaurant. And yet, Abby ends up sitting in a chair that doesn't match the rest of them and is therefore lower than everybody else. And then, who comes in but Connor? Connor is Harper's ex-boyfriend. Yes. And yeah. it is very, very, very obvious that the parents want Harper back and Connor. with Connor. And and the yes. other thing that happens too is they mention they they point somebody else out and they're like, Oh, there's the Bennetts. Oh, and you know, they're with their or they don't say that they're with their daughter, but they say like, Oh, she has that, you know, lifestyle. And it's like, yeah, the, that lifestyle she chose. And I was like, oh, no. the parents are homophobic bigots. No. no. Anyway, um, Abby's feeling very uncomfortable with the conversation about basically how Connor and uh, Connor and Harper should fuck. So she gets up to go use the bathroom. Uh, Harper follows her. They, you know, Harper apologizes. She's like, sorry, my mom is like the way she is. Then they kiss and they make up. And as they're leaving the bathroom, we run into, (laughs) we run into Riley. 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 (laughs) Let's be real here. Every person who is listening to this and has watched this movie is probably thinking the same thing we are. If Riley was in front of us. Oh my God. (laughs) Let's be real, guys. Guys. (laughs) Guys, <laughs> if Riley, like, said hey to me, I would faint. I would fucking faint. <laughs> that, like, I would oh die. my god, Aubrey. <laughs> I'm not Aubrey, even, oh, that sexual I'm not even energy bisexual. Just, no, like, that sexual energy coming off of Riley, I was like. She I was bringing them blazers, this. too. <sighs> that honey knew how she, like the blazer the power Girl, suit like i don't i didn't even sexy businesswoman like, you'll <laughs> like i know i have a type apparently and that is a woman that can control me and riley could. Ashley, are you a bottom <laughs> um yeah yeah i, I am holy shit you know what at least you know what you like um (laughs) so anyway 
There's this really cute, awkward thing where Abby is just being fucking adorable, where she's like, yeah, Harper and I was just going to the bathroom because we're friends, you know, girls that are friends, friends. And Harper's like, you don't have to do that. And then Abby realizes, oh, that's the ex, Riley. Ooh, I see. Yeah. So they yeah. end up. <laughs> okay, can we also talk about this for a moment, too? When Harper, like, brings Abby into the bathroom and, like, apologizes, I don't, like, Harper apologizes for all of these things, right? Mm -hmm. As if she has no control over it, which, in a sense, she doesn't. But she just expects that, like, that she's going to say, I'm sorry, and things are just going to be healed up. Like, everything's okay now because she said that she's sorry. And that's not fucking enough like man harper's so unlikable in this goddamn movie like i just yeah and 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 we can kind of gloss we can kind of gloss over what what essentially starts happening is harper starts abandoning abby like her dad needs her to do something her mom needs her to do something she's doing it she's the overachiever she's the one her parents rely on the most then her sister sloan shows up the next morning with her mm-hmm. two kids, and Sloane is... I feel like Sloane was the favorite at one point. But lost favor because she started doing basically fake rate baskets. Well, yeah, because weren't they, like, lawyers or something? Like, they had yeah. some amazing job, and then they decided to stop doing that draw job. And, and personalized gift baskets. Yeah, and started doing, like, these gift basket things or whatever, right? Which I guess are, like, they're making enough money because they're still they're waspy still as all hell. Like, they're still yeah. rich, right? But that's not something that, you know, Ted and Tipper are proud of, um, despite the fact that I'm sure it makes Sloan very happy that she's doing this right so good on her right but there's this one scene where um harper comes downstairs and again this is adding to how much i dislike her she comes downstairs and yes sloan is kind of being passive aggressive but then harper sees oh you made you know snowman shaped pancakes for your kids does it really matter what shape it is because it all turns out like shit in the end and i was like what the fuck obviously this family has some serious issues between them Mm -hmm. serious i have to say though i like um I like how Allison played, uh, Allison Brie played this character because Allison uh, tends to be kind of uh, put into a certain role of being um, more of like the innocent young girl sort of thing. And this is definitely... And funny, awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Like quirky. Kind of. Mm-hmm. She she does get a little bit typecast into like the quirky girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see her playing Jane's character as well. But I like that she's playing this, like, cold, waspy sort of... Like, she does such a great job, and it's very different from what I've seen her before. And I I think she knocked it out of the park of, like, being so dislikable, but, like, in a good way, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, So we, we get the sense that there's a lot of competition between Sloane and Harper, and again... We see this, like, coming out in several issues, especially with, like, the ice skating scene. But 
what ends up happening is, like I said, Harper keeps abandoning Abby. And they end up going to, like, this Christmas party for a donor that her dad is looking for. And she leaves, she leaves, uh, um, Abby completely to herself. So Abby yeah. ends up going outside and she's on the phone with with John and she's like, man, you know, I'm so pissed. I don't know what to do. I'm aggravated. Like, this isn't, you know, this isn't my Harper. And then after she hangs up with John, who should come around the corner? But Aubrey Plaza is Riley again. Riley. And, and Riley. Riley is like, yeah, you know, I kind of been there. You know, maybe... Maybe she's both of these people. So, anyway, they have a nice connection going. And we're already on board. Everybody who was watching this in our watch party was like, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> already. Yeah. So, when you like, have made I, your main character that unlikable, it's a problem. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I was rooting for Abby and Riley to like become a thing because they were just like there was so much it was because Harper was so unlikable and like I I felt like there was nothing really that could redeem her as a character and like right the bond like because we don't even and, and Gracie mentioned this like at one point before we don't really see the bond between Abby and Harper, even though they've been dating. Yeah, as a couple, like they didn't even really do anything like any cute Christmas things together, like on their own, like and they could have done something, whether it was like, oh, we need a Christmas, you know, to get the Christmas tree or whatever. And the two of them went and got a Christmas tree together or whatever. Like there's so many or they went ice skating together but just the two of them like I know Mm -hmm. they did the ice skating thing but like the family was there as well like they just needed to go and do something cute and Christmas to like at least bring something back together and it never but they didn't do that it never happened I wasn't rooting for these two no uh so what ends up happening is they end up going home uh there's a little bit of a spat between Harper and Abby but they make up pretty quickly and then uh, Abby tries to sneak upstairs, but then ends up getting trapped in the closet, which is very metaphorical, I suppose. But then she's like, oh, I was sleepwalking because she accidentally turns on the Roomba. Well, then Harper manages to sneak off downstairs to her and they spend the night together. Well, the next morning they're interrupted by Tipper and Tipper has the grandchildren with her. And so, of course, Harper has to hide in the corner. The grandkids end up seeing her there. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that Tipper keeps talking about is this white elephant party, which is essentially a very rich get together where everybody buys a a present or make something. They put it up under a tree and then you just get a random gift. Well, it's essentially like a Christmas exchange or Mm -hmm. there's actually... But you don't know who you're buying for. Well... Yeah, it's like a Christmas gift exchange. There's a really racist name for it that I've heard before, but I'm not going to say it. They call it a white elephant party in this movie. Yeah, um, I know, but in the... like, You don't have to say what it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you didn't know what I meant. Yeah, I know. We're not going to say it. People can okay. look up other terms for white elephant party. We're just going to go with that one because that's what See, I've never heard of a white elephant party before. That's why I was like, what is this? Oh. Like, I had um, no idea. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, 
what ends up happening, eh, I can't remember because it's been a few days since we watched it, but what ends up happening is uh, Harper ends up going with her dad, and so Sloane and Abby go with the kids to the mall to pick out stuff for this white elephant party, and then Sloane leaves the children with Abby, who has definitely never been around small kids before. And then those little fuckers put a necklace in her bag and she gets accused of shoplifting. I hated the two security guards. Mm -hmm. And we can just gloss over how fucking terrible that scene was. It was bad. Because it was bad. But then we get to, um, we get back to the house. Abby is now being accused of thievery. She is no longer going to this party. Well, yeah, because so there was like um, somebody from their country club or whatever who was also there mm-hmm. because Abby had gone up and was like, hey, how's it going? You know, um, like I met you the night before and she's like, I have no idea who you are. Okay, bye. Yeah. And, and that's where it's seen yeah. uh, when she tries to leave the store. Um, the, the things yeah. like, you know, they had slipped the thing in the purse. Yeah. So, so, so things are awkward. Um, so what she ends up doing is she tries to see if she can get like a lift home on like a Uber or something and it costs too much money. And so she's having a bad night. So I don't know how she ends up. I don't know if she calls Riley. I can't remember, but she ends up going out with Riley for drinks. Yeah. And they have a good time. They go to a they go mm-hmm. to a gay bar, and there's drag queens there, and they have a good time. And there's even this part where you know, like Riley ends up saddling up to her on the other side of the bench. But one of the things that's revealed during their conversation is that when Harper and Riley were together in high school, it was fine. They gave notes to each other back and forth. It was great. But then somebody found the notes that Riley had given to Harper. And Harper ended up saying that Riley was just obsessed with her and was a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so here's the thing. This is the moment where I was like, you know what? A hundred percent team Riley. Um, because I understand being scared and not wanting to come out. But when you do something like that to somebody else, that's just malicious. And like you could have easily said, oh, it's a joke between us, yeah. you know, like Ashley and I tell, tell each other mm-hmm. we love each other. You know, we do. Like, you can love someone and just be their friend. Yeah. You know? And, and like, you could have got away with it like that. But instead, Harper goes with, oh, well, she's just obsessed with me and I allow it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so mean. No, it is really gross what Harper had done to Riley. And that... And then Riley was ostracized because of that. So yeah, yeah. Th- that's um, when. So yeah, now I'm officially on Team Riley. And, Abby. and that's the thing. Like, I'm done. So Abby then gets, um, gets hold of Harper again. Yeah. Well, the, and here's the other thing too, though, right? Harper hasn't really changed since then. Like that was, you know, 
high school and she's still kind of doing the exact same thing just in a different way so they end up she ends up going to the other bar to uh, hang out with Harper and her friends and like Harper's just an asshole and then she's like you know not having a good time she is Harper's and I get it Harper wants to spend time with her friends that she hasn't seen since high school but at the same time you've abandoned your girlfriend at every single opportunity and has you have not been there mm-hmm. for your for her you invited her on this trip and you have completely abandoned her the entire fucking time so Abby is very you know feels it's very awkward she goes home and she's like yeah you know text me when you get home that way I know you're safe well 10 30 11 o'clock rolls around she hasn't heard anything and you know she's like you know i love you good night see you in the morning she gets a text at two o'clock in the fucking morning from harper who has spent the entire night out with her friend with her ex-boyfriend connor home safe good night no i love you no i'm sorry nothing home safe mm-hmm. good night mm-hmm. <laughs> so then um the next day uh, like, is the white elephant? Well, yeah, because no, isn't That's there the at. moment where, um, because she goes and sees Riley again, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the day of the white elephant party, and she's out shopping, and she ends up meeting up with Riley while Harper is hanging out well, with someone it, with else, Jane, yeah, or with her sister. The, um, yeah. Basically, Jane's job was to go and get, like, the wine or whatever, right? Because the mother didn't trust Jane to get it on her own. So they have this big, like, box of wine. And then... And then... I know, I felt so bad. Um, But... And then the box Yeah, but it's not Jane's fault. It's... um, It's Harper's fault, right? Because she saw Riley and Abby... Walking down the road together. Yeah. 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 And then, and then Harper has the fucking nerve to get upset Mm -hmm. and jealous. And it's like, maybe if you'd have been, you know, I don't know, paying attention to your fucking girlfriend, your girlfriend wouldn't be out making, you know, a friendship with your ex. You know, maybe, maybe you should spend more time with your fucking girlfriend. Huh, Harper? Mm -hmm. Huh? Um, but anyway, it's the night of the white, the white elephant party and everybody's putting in their gifts. And then Tipper comes up to Abby and is like, listen, I have this very special brooch and I'm not going to be mad if it ends up reappearing on my desk, but I can't find this brooch. Essentially saying that Abby has stolen it. Abby at this point has completely given up trying to show that she is straight because oh, she she's, is she's in like power suit mode. Every single and the two- every single person who has talked about this scene is like she just looks like straight up lesbian. She gave mm-hmm. up. Oh no! Like that part where she's over by the bar and uh, she's got that drink and and Riley comes over and is like, "What are you drinking?" And she's like, uh, "Spiced whatever." And she's like, "Gross! Can I have some?" And I was like. Yes, you can have a piece of that. I mean, what? <laughs> right? So, so this white elephant party is going on, and things things are, you know, getting very awkward. Abby and Riley have this conversation, and listen, Riley, Riley never once tries to make a move on Abby. 
Never once. Riley is just like, you know, maybe the, the you know, because Abby's like, I just see two different Harpers. And then Riley's like, maybe both of the Harpers you see are the same person. And Abby's having like a fucking meltdown in her head. And then there's a knock on the door. And who shows John. up? It's, it's John. It's John. John has um, arrived unannounced to pick her up because, yeah, to, to rescue, rescue her. her. Because Abby is, like, sick of the situation. And then um, it's it's at that moment where Tipper's like, I'm sorry, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm John. And then they were like, oh, are you the ex-boyfriend? The ex-boyfriend? And he's like, yes, I'm a... I'm, I'm a heterosexual <laughs> male. And I was like. <laughs> and then he like has the hots for Connor immediately. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I should. But anyway, I those Abby's two like, you know, I'm. Let's be real. Connor, he's bisexual. Yeah, I, I could see it. Um, But anyway, like Abby sees Connor and uh, and Harper almost flirting. And she, she she walks over, she looks at Harper, and she goes, yeah, I'm done. I'm going home. Like, I'm, I'm fucking tired. And so she goes up to start packing, and the, or goes down to start packing. And then Harper follows after her. She's very, like, upset. They end up having an argument, and she's like, you know, I'm so sorry. And Abby's like, listen, you know, like, I understand that you're closeted, but I can't be here. I, I am tired, right? I'm fucking, I'm fucking sick. Like, I, I'm ready to go the fuck home. And then Sloan overhears everything and immediately starts to run upstairs like a tattletale. A big, huge Well, that's thing. the thing. Uh, Harper um, and Abby, uh, like, kissed. And that's when Sloan saw it. Mm-hmm. And then she goes up to say that, she, like, she's going to expose the relationship. Um, but, but it turns out that... Which is shitty. Yes, exactly. But it turns out that there is another secret that Sloan is keeping... That um, her and her husband, Eric, are getting a divorce. And Eric is in the closet with, um, oh, what's her name? The woman from earlier. I I don't remember her name. She's not important. She's not important. But anyway, so now Harper and Sloane are really going at each other. It becomes a full-out brawl. The brawl ends up downstairs. There's just been this painting revealed that Jane has spent so much time and energy on. And and And, it's the main street, and it's gorgeous. And because she had even brought it in, and she was like, she's like, oh, you guys are going to be so excited when you, whoever picks my gift, right? And it turns out it's... Um, the potential. This beautiful yeah, painting. Yeah, and, it, and it's uh, Harry, um, who's a potential uh, campaign donor, is the person who picks mm-hmm. it out and then opens it and is like, um, what is this? And she's like, it's this painting. I did it. And it's the Main Street, right? Well. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Sloan and... Uh Sloane and Harper run downstairs. They're yelling and screaming at each other. Uh, Sloane's like, your daughter's a lesbian. And then Harper grabs the painting and smashes it over Sloane's head. And then Jane finally snaps. 
And she's like, I spent a hundred hours painting that. You ruined everything. And then they all get into a fight. People start throwing things. It's a big old mess. A big old, big old mess. Um, and... And eventually everything calms down. People start to leave. Abby has this conversation um, with, uh, I think this happens before the brawl, actually. Um, but Abby does have this conversation with John. And it's very touching and sweet where, you know, John is like, you know, maybe Harper's just not in in a position where she's ready to be out. And that's perfectly valid. That's her story. You know, like when I came out to my dad, he kicked and me I out of the house. And, like, and that's I didn't my talk story. to him for 13 years. <laughs> And then he does. Yeah. And And then like in your story is, is you have like these, you know, these wonderful caring parents who you unfortunately lost when you were 19. That's your story. Everybody's story is different. We're all valid in our own ways. Which I thought was a really sweet, um, because I know that there are a lot of people out there who do not have the acceptance of their parents. And that is a very, um, it's a very hard thing. Um, yeah, be, and, and, and it's like, you know, um, John's character said, like, there really is, you know, everything from like being kicked out of your house to, you know, supportive parents, but it's those like in between that, um, like my, my own situation is my parents say that they're accepted. They accept, you know, um. But I don't think that they do. They're they're very hush-hush about it. Like, things get very quiet if I even mm-hmm. mention, if there's even an inkling that I might not be straight. Um, and we've worked on this over yeah. many years. Um, and, it, and it's a little bit more comfortable. But I do feel um, that, that there is still that, like, thing. Like, they get very uncomfortable with the idea that and that's and that in itself makes me uncomfortable and I feel personally it would be very hard if I did decide to bring a woman home yeah if I did decide to date a woman I think it would be very very hard to introduce her to my parents like I feel that they would be very accepting but it would be Mm -hmm. uncomfortable so yeah yeah um, but I, I, I appreciated this because John brings a, to light that everybody's story mm-hmm. is different. Everybody has a different level of acceptance and they have to live with what acceptance they're willing to accept for themselves and what's safest for them, you know? So, so, you know, Abby goes, well, I, I don't want to be with someone who isn't ready to be out and proud like I am. And again, that's perfectly valid. It is perfectly valid for someone to not be with a closeted person because it is an added stress Mm -hmm. to your relationship, right? It's also perfectly valid for people to be closeted, right? Like, the idea of a relationship is you have to have boundaries and you have to have compromises, but, like, you you shouldn't have to cross boundaries that you're uncomfortable with. So when they go back in is when all that shit happens with Harper and then the big, huge fight and everything. And then... After it's all over, Abby's coming well, downstairs. The, all yeah, of the family is yelling. Well, because one of the other things that sorry, I don't mean to like kind of go back a little bit, but John does mention that, like, 
even though she isn't ready to come out and it is terrifying for her, it doesn't have anything to do with her love for Abby. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so as Abby is leaving with John, um, well, first of all, they, they have this talk. Uh, Harper is downstairs with her parents and then Sloan admits that, yes, she's getting a divorce. Um, she's actually not very happy in her marriage and that, you know, like she knows that she's a big disappointment to her family. And then, um, like at first Sloan had said, not Sloan, Harper had said, she's lying. I'm not a lesbian. And so like when they're having this conversation, um, Harper ends up seeing Abby as Abby is walking out the door and she tells Abby to wait. And then she comes out to her parents and she says, I, uh, Sloan didn't lie. I am, I am a lesbian. I, you know, Abby's my girlfriend. And then Jane is like, I'm just proud to be me. I am an ally. And I was like, yes, honey, you're not supposed to really call yourself an ally. But yes, yes, I, you are. You yeah, I baby. feel like this particular situation um, was because um, it, they were t- discussing the family as a whole, right? And how the parents pinned yeah. uh, Sloan and Harper against one another. And that was detrimental mm-hmm. to their relationship. Uh, growing up yeah. right yeah. compared to yes they're very yeah competitive. very competitive and it, yeah exactly and it was because like that was something that their parents had done to them um because because here's here's the thing right when you are raising a child you need to raise them actually i'm i'm gonna bring up a quote that i saw today just because it really is kind of perfect uh and i'm i'm Sorry, <laughs> I will edit this maybe, but uh-huh. but it really was like this perfect quote for, okay, your children don't belong to you. You are on borrowed time with them. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to build a better human being, not build a mini version of you and all your deflated hopes and dreams. Help them become the best them not the best you. And a lot of parents don't know that. Exactly. Children are their mm-hmm. own beings. <laughs> um, so, anyway, after Harper confesses everything, she looks at Abby. And Abby goes, no, it's, it's too late. And everybody in the watch party went, yeah. I mean, you know what? I hate to say it, but I was not rooting for them. It was too late. I'm sorry, Harper, but unfortunately, you like you were in this situation. You put yourself in this situation, and it hurt your relationship. And I wasn't rooting you for you guys. Like Harper and Abby should not. I don't think Harper is no, an evil person no. at all. I just don't think she was in the same place as Abby was. And I don't think it would have been a relationship that lasted. Personally, like I, cause here's now, of course, uh, what I wish would have happened was that, you know, Harper goes along her way. Right. And then, you know, Abby mm-hmm. goes on her way and then Abby ends up, you know, finding Riley and the two of them, like, 
a year later down the road, you know, start dating and like happy ending. That's sort of- And Harper's found exactly. her own person. And Harper's found her own person. Like, I want exactly. Harper to be happy. I want Harper to be happy. I just don't think that the movie did a good job of expl- of showing that Harper and Abby together is exactly. a good ending. But um, the parents end up having a conversation about how, like, yes, we've tried to be Miss Little Miss Perfect Family the entire, like, our entire lifetimes. We fucked up our kids, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so Harper, you know, she's like, oh, what am I going to do? She ends up running after John and Abby, and then she apologizes how did she to Abby. Abby. She tracked her. And she tracked her like John tracks people. Tracked her. And I mean... John taught me. That wasn't cute or like... That was creepy, okay? I didn't like it. Um, but yeah, she goes after her. Yeah, she confesses that she truly either. loves her and wants to build a life with her. And Abby is touched by her words and forgives her. And the two of them share a kiss. <sighs> yes. And then we fast forward no, a year yet. later, and they are no, definitely no. in. What do you I missed miss? that uh, the next morning, they, yeah, they basically oh. they go back. It's Christmas Eve, and then Christmas morning they come down, and everything is happy, happy, joy. They're having a Christmas, you know, morning all together, and then they finally, you know, get this cr- uh, family photo that they were trying to get all week. But Abby's included in this uh, in this picture, uh, and then also yeah. Tad. And then the dad, uh, the dad gets the phone call uh, saying that you know, like, oh well, I'll give you the money, but your your daughter has to be like, show yeah. don't tell, you know, or like tell don't show or something don't ask, like that. Don't you tell. Know? And he's like, you know what? Yeah, don't ask, don't tell. And he says, you know what? I don't need your money. I'll find another way. So it's all a happy Christmas morning and then we skip a year and they're all going to see a wonderful life together. Everybody's happy, joy, joy. Um, there is an, uh, and, and we see that Harper and Abby are together and they're engaged. Now, what I did not know is that in the end scene credits, there is a picture where they're going to pride together and Riley is there and seems to have a girlfriend. Oh. But what I want is a sequel where Riley gets her happy ending because she fucking Thank deserves you. it. Oh, and uh, also, too, um, <laughs> we didn't really talk about this, but, um, like, one, Jane's fantastic character and, like, the breakout star in this in, in a cinnamon roll that must be protected. Um, but the other thing is that she's been working on a novel for the last 10 years, a fantasy novel that is uh, world-building, like, essentially... Uh, are you know uh lord of, lord of the, the rings, of the rings sort of, of yeah Game like of that sort of world building right and a year later it turns out she is a best-selling author of this fantasy novel and uh and is very successful and um john is her publisher right and that's why they're hanging out Mm -hmm. um ted has won the mural election and then on christmas eve they all go watch it's a wonderful life and then they're smiling at each other lovingly and barf that's the end of the movie all right so I think the weakness of this film, I I think the movie overall Mm -hmm. is really good. Like, I think it's a very entertaining film. Lots of characters I really like. Lots of characters I don't like so much. It's actually very funny, too. Even Harper and... It is very funny. Now, 
The thing that I I think is the highest critique I can give this film is what we've already discussed, which is they do not establish Harper and Abby enough for us to root for them as the audience. We never see Riley as an interloper in a relationship that is already established. We see her as a possibility because the established relationship is not established enough. That's that's my take now. Um, as far as trivia, there isn't too much of it because it is a brand new movie. Um, uh, the, the only thing that I think is really worth, uh, mentioning is there's two things. Number one, um, it is one of just about three, uh, queer themed Christmas movies released in 2020. Um, the other two are called Dashing in December and The Christmas House. Which, if you are um, part of our Discord at this point, we'll, we will have watched The Christmas House. Um, so I don't know what that's going to be like, because technically it's two days from when we're recording. Um, but I haven't heard of the Dashing in December one. And the other thing is, is that the director, Clea Duvall, wrote the film as an autobiography. And she said that she wrote it so she could see her own experiences played out on screen. And the person who is it's about is... Harper. Harper is basically her stand-in. Okay, so the other thing, too, is this film pioneered holiday theme romantic comedy, right? Uh, And the the movie also features several LGBTQ plus actors, which includes Kristen Stewart, Dan Levy, Victor Garber, and Aubrey Plaza. All are part of the all. And then, of course, and then, of course, it is the sophomore film of director um clea duvall clea yeah 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 um so yeah i do you want to i just appreciate you want to like, know okay, the if i had IMDb my choice moment i want to see no go ahead what is the in harper's thing? old room there is a poster of josh hartnett the film's director uh, co-starred with Hartnett in the movie The Faculty in 1998. Thanks, IMDb. Cool. Okay. Well. okay. All right. So, yes, this movie is very different from the typical holiday rom-com in that it does have queer representation. But do you guys know what I want to see? I want to see cheesy Hallmark brand Christmas with just two people who just happen to be gay. Like, and they're out and they're okay with it. And they're just like regular people. And like, they aren't having a, like, they aren't having to hide themselves or be closeted or anything like that. Like, there are 30,000 Hallmark movies with two straight people. And I just want a Hallmark movie where one of the women is a flower shop person and the other one is a business lady from New York. And then they just get together because, like, the the business lady has inherited some shitty inn. And, and, like, they find love in the magic of Christmas, all right? That's what I want. I just want that. I want it. <laughs> Even if it's um, cheesy and shitty. It's what queer people deserve <laughs> to have shitty movies about them that are shitty but I mean, fun. there are two other Christmas <laughs> movies that have come out this year. and But, Ashley, my point is it's three out of, like, like, 
Hallmark is coming out like with 60 fucking Christmas movies this year and only one of them is gonna have queer representation fuck off we need I I just want us to get to a point where having queer representation in your films isn't seen as an oddity it's just there because it's just life you know what I mean that's my critique um okay I still have two pieces of trivia that I still want to say. Okay. Okay. So, the Oxwood, the gay bar where Abby and Riley have drinks, is a tribute to the Oxwood Inn, which was a lesbian bar in Los Angeles, which closed in 2017, and it was the last lesbian bar in Los Angeles before it closed. And then also, the Instagram post at the end of the credits... Um, actually has the director with her arm around Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. All right. Uh, so tests, All right? Bechdel test. Do you have two named female characters on screen alone talking about something other than a man? Yes, it passes. Mako Mori test. Or racial, do- uh, racial Bechdel test. Do you have two people of color on screen alone talking about something other than a white person? There are people of color in this film, but they aren't really any main characters. And the only time you ever see two of them together is when they're kissing in the closet and Sloane and Harper find them together. So, yeah. no, it doesn't pass the racial Bechdel test. Then you have the Macklemore test. You have a female character whose story arc isn't about pushing a male character arc forward. And I would say yes, most of the women in this movie actually have stories that are based around themselves or their romantic relationship with another woman, so it passes. Then you have the Duvernay test. You have people of color in this film who are more than just, like, background, who have agency, who are more than just, like, pushing a white narrative. No, it's a fail. Then you have the Which is so messed up because the family, like, there's three people of color in the family, and they are just background characters. They are. They are. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Um, next we have the sexy lamp test. Can you get rid of one of the female characters with a sexy lamp and not take away from plot? You get rid of the donor who has the name. She doesn't really matter. And you can also get rid of... Um, the woman who, uh, the husband is sleeping with, like, she doesn't matter either. Um. But, but Gracie, that woman met her partner on Bumble. Cool. Um, (laughs) then we have the Vito Russo test. Do you have, um, you know, GSRM representation? Do you have someone who is, uh, on their, on the gender, sexual, or romantic minority Spectrum. Do they matter to the plot? Are they more than just their uh, sexuality or their identity, uh, their gender identity and everything like that? And yeah, yeah. Um, We don't get like a lot of stereotypical, like I think uh, Dan Levy's character is the most stereotypical of a Hollywood movie, but everybody is pretty fleshed out if they're queer. So it's it's really cool to see. (laughs) Like, for yeah, even his character that is like stereotypical, like there's still agency yeah. t- behind him. Like when we hear the story of like, well, he's fleshed yes. out. He's not, he's not just, just like the gay best friend. He's more. Mm-hmm. You know, he has he has his own yeah. story. He has his own motivations. He's just you know more of the comedic relief in this in, in this situation. 
Um, and then the last yeah. test is the Kez test, which is, do you have people in this film who are neurodivergent or who are disabled? Do they matter to the plot? Are they more than their disability? Um, no, not really. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, so it fails that. Now, the next question is, is this film feminist? And I think that's a complex answer, right? Like, to me, it's so nice seeing the representation. It's so nice seeing, like, the characters. It's not feminist because R- Abby and Riley didn't get together in the end. So I'm just saying it's queerphobic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I was just saying, like, like I think the feminism comes from the inclusivity of a queer storyline. Um, and just having women being women, like, they're not stereotypes, really, you know? Like, they're they're not caricatures of women that you see in films that are written by dudes, (laughs) where they're just there to look pretty, or just there to... Let's, let's be real. Thank God this was written by women, because could you fucking imagine if two dudes tried to write a lesbian Christmas movie? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They would fetishize fetishize it. That's the thing that, like, I really appreciate about this movie is lesbians are fetishized in, like, pornography and stuff. So it's really nice to see, you know, they're even fetishized. Like, bisexuality is also very fetishized in Hollywood films. Mm -hmm, So it's really mm -hmm. nice to see, like, a movie that's just genuinely, like, a romantic comedy. (laughs) And it just happens to have two lesbians in it instead. So... Yeah, um, I think that's where the the feminism comes from. But it's not the traditional kind of like, oh, is this movie about girl power? That feminism is all like a different. You know, there's different kinds of feminism. So that's that that's what I was trying mm-hmm. to say. Um, now, the most important question of them all is the movie good? Absolutely. I'm gonna watch it every year for Christmas from now on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, this movie was fantastic, but, but... Riley and Abby forever. Riley and Abby should have been together. Riley and Abby forever, okay? Sorry, Harper. No. (laughs) No. Uh, No. All right. Anyways, that's my review. Um, Check us out. Twitch.tv slash Feminist Critique. On Twitter, at Femcrit at this point, I think. I think we've changed the name of the twitter at this point we probably so, have changed the name so it's it's yeah. gonna be femcrit yeah, fem probably um mostly because yeah because fempod um well we're not gonna be a podcast for much longer because ashleen <laughs> is lazy and yeah, so like this unfortunately this we live in a capitalist society where we're making money over on twitch yeah. so yeah. sorry guys um, so yeah unfortunately like this is the last uh, bonus episode you're going to get on uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen. And uh, next Tuesday's episode is going to be the last episode you hear on Spotify or whatever. Um, but it's been it's been it's been a real joy having you guys around. And uh, again, check us out twitch.tv slash feminist critique. And I am on Twitter at South of Grace. Ajeline. I'm also on Twitter as Ajeline's A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. 
And I hope that you guys, you know, come over to Twitch and uh, like the VODs are going to be up so you can still watch us. We'll be interacting with the audience. It's going to be still like it's like doing the podcast, but but we actually get to talk. Yeah, we get to talk to other people besides just ourselves. And that's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So So if you have an opinion and you disagree with us, come on. Come on to our Twitch. Absolutely. You, all, all you have to do is follow us Our and Discord. give us your opinion. And that's the other thing. You can also come and watch the movie with us on Discord. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah. And if you go to my Twitter at South of Grace, the Discord invite link is in my bio. So definitely come hang out. Um, but yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's going to be it for this review. Uh, we love you guys and we hope you have a fantastic rest of your holidays. Goodbye. Merry Christmas.